Solid beauty, solid beauty, drives a solid Plymouth beauty into 1961. Hey everybody, and welcome to a new edition of Talking About Cars. I'm Randy Cardoon. Everybody has a car story. In this edition, we talk to one of the hosts of this week's coverage of the Barrett-Jackson auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, and one of the hosts of the show, All Girls Garage on Velocity. That would be Christy Lee. All right, Christy, so where did your interest in cars begin? My dad was a shop owner um, and mechanic as well, uh, and he was also a uh, motorcycle instructor at the AMI Institute uh, back in Daytona Beach, which is where I'm from. And, uh, you know, bikes and cars were a big part of my life for a really long time. So I grew up around all that, and it's not surprising that years down the road, cars and motorcycles are still a really big part of my life. Let's talk a little bit about the cars you grew up with. Uh, like, what did you guys drive around, or what did dad and mom drive around with? This family station wagon? Did you have an under- interesting convertible? What did you have? Oh, wow. Dad and mom's cars definitely weren't uh, too much to talk about. They're definitely more like uh, A to B cars, that's for sure. But, you know, I always had my eye on a project of my dad's. He had a... Um, really old BMW 2002, not the year 2002, but for those classic Beamer fans out there, he had a 2002 in the garage, um, 70s, mid-70s. But anyways, it was, you know, it was a shell for years, and he kind of, you know, worked on it a little bit at a time, and it was a really cool project, and it was supposed to be my first car when I turned 16, but uh, as most car project gurus know, that never really works out. There's no sort of time frame you can put on any sort of car build, but... So so what happened? Did he sell it before you uh, got your license, or how did that work out? No, he did. No, he had it until after I got my license. I ended up with a uh, 1986 Volkswagen Jetta as my first car, a little bit more lackluster than a uh, <laughs> Beamer classic, but um, he ended up selling the car. I don't think he, he had his heart in the project anymore at that point. But yeah, you know, he put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it for years, and uh, it was a cool car. So your Volkswagen, was it uh, a real fixer-upper, or was it an actual okay car? Oh, no, that was actually, it was a top-notch car for a uh, 16-year-old. Um, probably not the coolest car to have when you were 16, uh, but that thing was pretty pretty indestructible like it car was pretty solid so uh you know and i had to learn how to drive a manual transmission which is great because uh i've pretty much only owned manuals since then and uh you know it was a good first uh first starter car for a 16 year old so i liked it when did your interest in pursuing the whole working on cars thing happened uh is it something you pursued from watching your dad as you mentioned earlier or was it something that you picked up later on it's funny i actually spent a lot of time um in my dad's shop Shop, but not so much in the actual garage part of the shop. Uh, he always had me doing more of like administrative work. Like I think my dad had this, uh, you know, vicarious dream for me of, you know, you're going to be bigger and better than, than doing what I did. And, uh, you know, tried as much as he possibly could to keep me out of the shop and away from cars. But obviously, uh, you know, his efforts were thwarted years down the road. But uh, I like the way you said that. They were thwarted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, most of my background actually comes from uh, uh, motorcycles. Uh, so I guess my wrenching experience would extend back into bikes. Uh, so obviously learning about wrenching on cars isn't that much different. The biggest learning experience for me from motorcycles to cars, um, as far as, you know, the mechanics of them has been obviously, you know, chassis and suspension is where, you know, there's a huge difference. So talk about that. Talk about the whole motorcycle thing, how that got started and the fact that, uh, what kind of bikes were you riding and, and what kind of activities? Well, growing up in Daytona, uh, obviously motorcycles have a pretty big influence in Daytona. We can ride you around. Uh, I had a lot of friends that rode bikes, so I, I got into it about 18. I bought my first motorcycle which was a great idea naturally and uh, you know I've been riding ever since and I'll never turn back bikes are a pretty big part of my life Uh, most of it's sport bikes um, and uh, do a lot of track time 
Um, haven't quite gotten to the point of doing my own race just yet. I did have my race license um, a few years back, and I've had aspirations to race motorcycles. Unfortunately, bikes first cars, uh, when you crash, you are looking at a lot more injuries. Yes. So, you know, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a pretty intense sport, and uh, in order to get good, you're going to crash a lot. And I have crashed a lot, uh, and it's it sucks. <laughs> so, um, Bikes, cars, or both? Um, I have not crashed very many cars. I've done a little track time on four wheels. Uh, it's definitely, uh, it's a, a quick learning process because, especially on a road racing course, because you already stand, understand the track from the bikes, but, um, obviously it's very different than operating two wheels and riding versus driving. So have you been doing the whole car thing really is your, your stated goal of what you wanted to do quote unquote when you grow up or was there something else on the side you started to pursue and then said, ah, this isn't, I eh, forget this. Oh, I'm definitely a fly by the seat of my pants kind of girl. Like, you know, if I have ever tried to create any sort of plan or path for anything, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not really my thing. So, so yeah, I mean, if you asked me 10 years ago, if I'd be here sitting right now doing a radio show interview, talking about wrenching on cars and the TV shows that I host, then no, I probably would have looked at you crazy. But here I am. And, uh, you know, everything kind of leads you to the leads you to the point that you get to. And uh, so where would you have been? Let's say things were going like they were 10 years ago. What what would you been doing now? Um, you know, it's interesting. I actually um, I actually did a lot of um, acting and theater when I was younger. So I do have some sort of level of professional training. What was your big role in high school? Uh, in high school, it was my big role. Um, actually, I was pursuing um, becoming a professional dancer, like, you know, ballerina, jazz, hip hop, that kind of thing. Um, so I did that for years. So that was kind of my like life goal and path was to become a pro dancer. You know, move to New York, Los Angeles, do that whole thing. So this is kind of a little bit different. It's still Natalie Portman did that, or was that just a movie role now? I forgot. <laughs> I think it was more oh, of a movie yeah. role, but... <laughs> yeah, you may be right. It all blends and blends together after a while. I'm not sure if it was quite, a, you know, the whole black swan thing thing but uh something along the lines of that so so yeah i mean i've chosen a couple different career paths over the years but you know here i am and uh you know i love what i do my background with cars is kind of meshed with my um interest in broadcasting and uh you know i like hosting the shows like um you know showcasing my passion knowledge and skill sets to viewers at home and really just you know getting to meet the fans and meet people and people that admire and enjoy what I do. And I think that's really cool. Um, that's probably one of my favorite parts about it. I always talk to people about the cars they used to have. And if they've ever wanted, let's say they got rid of a car somewhere down the line for whatever reason, and then you thought, you know, I kind of want that back. I wish I didn't sell it. Is there one for you? Oh, man. You know, I've always been more of like, a, unfortunately, I hate to say, again, this is probably pretty underwhelming, but I've always been more of an A to B car kind of girl. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've had a few, I've had a few, you know, fun little cars. I can't say there's anything that I wish I didn't get rid of. Bikes, probably. I probably could list off a couple motorcycles that I'm like. Go ahead. What was your favorite bikes? Oh, man. Well, I'm, I work with Triumph Motorcycles now, so I ride those quite a bit. Um, one of my favorite bikes ever was I had an old um, Yamaha R6 and 99 R6, and that was like that was one of my first like really cool bikes that I had, and uh, probably should just kept the darn thing. You know, I didn't sell it for very much. It was um, it was pretty rough sometimes on the edges, but it was a it was a fun bike and it was a good one. I had a um, interesting project too. It was an old um, 89 FCR 400, which is a pretty rare bike out there in the motorcycle world, and uh, did a build with that. But it was also a pretty finicky bike, so it kind of got the best of me because I was just like, I'm just so done with working on this thing. Just get rid of it. I can't play with it anymore. I couldn't get the air fuel mixture right and couldn't get it run properly. So it was just, 
oh, that thing was a burden from day one. But it was a fun project. Probably should have kept that one too. What are you driving now? How many cars or what cars do you have? Oh, well, I have 12 cars. No, I'm just kidding. I have. You know, that's, <laughs> I, you noticed I didn't bat an eye. Usually I'll ask that and, then, and somebody says, eh, I got nine, but that's a lot less than I used to have. No, <laughs> no, I have a, um, I actually drive a Cadillac ATS at the moment. It's a good car. It's a good car. I like it. Comfortable. Good sound system. <laughs> that's it? That's it. Just one car. <laughs> and I'm bikeless at the moment. So. And this interview comes to a close. Good night, everybody. No. <laughs> well, very nice, though. That's, that is a cool car. Cadillac uh, has gotten, I, I think Cadillac has gotten a better name of late, especially with some of the vehicles that have come out. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great car. Um, I like it a lot. It's, uh, it's a good ride. Gets me where I need to go. <laughs> Looks nice. <laughs> Somewhere down the line, though, I know there's something that you're eyeing. There's a car out there that you're thinking, you know, if I had, like, you know, unlimited funds or maybe just something classic or maybe a bike that's just incredibly cool. What's number one on the uh, Christie Lee list? Oh, and four wheels, uh, probably just an M5. Uh, you know, I've, my dad used to wrench on BMWs, so... That's kind of what I grew up around. Not that I want to, you know, jump ship and go import versus domestic. But, yeah, I would definitely definitely lean heavily towards the Beamers. So, you know, M3 would be good. But if you're going to go for it, you might as well get M5. New M6 pretty sweet, too. Um, that BMW i8 would be really nice in my garage. But I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon. Have so. you seen it? There's, one, uh, there's a couple of them around here. There is, and I sure have. I did stand there and stare at it for a very long period of time. <laughs> it was very nice <laughs> at a moment. Tell us how you got involved with all girls garage it was did you have to try out for that and how do you try out for that um we well they did hold auditions for it um i don't know if they're holding auditions now at least i hope they're not because that would mean they might be replacing me and that's definitely not yeah we won't no that's not a good thing no i hopefully not no we got a good crew it's myself and two other females i'm bogey and rachel and uh you know we're going into season five now we just wrapped up season four um, a couple months ago and uh, we'll kickstart season five, and we work on some pretty cool projects. Um, you know, everybody kind of got brought in uh, a little bit different of a way. I was actually working for Chrysler at the time at the Rhode Island Auto Show. Um, I used to narrate for Chrysler. This is, again, five years ago, and uh, which was fun. You know, you stand there and talk about a car. Can't complain. And I was talking about the Jeep Grand Cherokee and, and all of its uh, fabulousness. And uh, some guy comes up to me and says, hey, you know, I'm the president of a company and we produce TV and it's blah, blah, blah. I've heard that story a million times, you know. The old, I'm president of the company. Have I got a role for you? Yeah, that whole thing. So, you know, everything's taken with a grain of salt in this world. And, you know, one thing led to another. And there I was a couple months later down uh, auditioning for a potential hosting position on the show. And then flash forward a few months later into that and uh, landed a spot on All Girls Garage. And here I am now. Been part of the Velocity family for five years. Um, got uh, one year with Barrett Jackson uh, this year in 2015 and looking forward to uh, next year, 2016. Couple couple changes for Barrett. We're going to uh, Mohegan Sun up in Connecticut, so up in the uh, New England area instead of Reno this year. So that'll be fun. Change things up and you know, overall, right now we're just looking forward to uh, Scottsdale in January. It's kind of like, you know, the biggest, best event for Barrett-Jackson in the uh, automotive trade world. Um, Did you watch Barrett-Jackson before you joined the group? Because that show's been around, obviously, a long time, and they've been dealing with those cars. I mean, did you get a chance to see it before you worked for them? I did, I did. I have uh, I have watched a bit of uh, auto auctions myself over the years. I mean, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, I was glued to the TV uh, every time they came around. Oddly enough, I actually don't watch 
very much television, if if any at all. Um, <gasps> By the way, that was just me inhaling directly. Uh, go ahead, you were saying. I know, and I just got my pink slip from Velocity after saying that. But you know, uh, yeah. So it, Barrett's really cool. Uh, the cars are just amazing. I mean, there's really nothing else to be said about what we get to see there it's just you know the, the best of the best does it amaze you sometimes though but i mean all these cars are coming through uh we're doing this interview at sema in las vegas the cars that are out here are just amazing i mean the, the work the money i would assume that has to be put into these things when you take a look at that does this kind of surprise you or what's your reaction to seeing all this is it artwork or are they just cars it's no it's never just a car you know it's um SEMA is all about making a one-of-a-kind show. So, you know, who's going to have the biggest, best, most glamorous car at SEMA? It's all about the SEMA build. Um, so SEMA and Barrett are just so different. You know, Barrett's all about the collector cars, the the rare cars, the barn finds. Um, whereas SEMA is just, you know, we built this car just to build it for SEMA. It really doesn't mean anything. It might not have a theme. We just threw some parts on it and put a really rad paint job on it, and here it is at SEMA and you love it. Um, but it's so cool to walk around the showroom floor here and just see just so many different cars and things that are so unique and one of a kind. You know, at home on my DVR, I tend to watch a lot of these car shows. Some are just car shows. Some are right out of I don't know. There's drama thrown in for apparent reasons. Sometimes it's real. Sometimes it's not. You say you don't watch a lot of these TV shows, obviously, but have you ever seen some of uh, these? And and do you like the direction that the car shows are, are becoming? Because there are so many of them out there. Oh, well, I mean, Velocity has a certain level of hazing. We have to sit down and watch hours and hours of, you know, car show reruns. I'm just kidding. We, they don't do that. They don't do that. Um, yeah, I've, of course. I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen a whole plethora of the automotive programming, both on Velocity and, uh, you know. Uh, other networks. Other this is where I just throw in the words, other networks. And I'll just edit this for post-production. Go ahead. I can't actually say any other networks. Because Velocity like has that in my contract. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, well let me let me just practice it here. So next time you say other networks, I will just throw in with the word other networks. Yeah, See, that way you don't have to worry about saying <laughs> that works just fine. But yeah, yeah, I've seen uh, seen plenty of the different automotive uh, automotive style shows and you know shows with automotive content out there. And yeah, there's a wide variety of different programming. You know, like you said, some of them are all about here's the build, this is what we're doing, and here's how you do it, and some of them are all about what goes on behind the scenes and the drama and just, you know, a little taste of everything. Is there one that stands out? I mean, aside from the shows you're already involved in, do you have a favorite? Um, you know, I'm not a favorite person. I'm like, I'm a lover of many things. Uh, so, you know, I, I know. And you're announcing that your presidency is going to be when? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have an independent running for president of the United States. Uh, Trump and Hillary better watch out because, you know, I'm coming for him. I'm coming for him. But no, I mean, there's a couple of cool shows out there. I mean, Gas Monkey's definitely one of the coolest shows out there, and we all know it, you know. And um, I've actually had the pleasure of doing a couple events with Aaron, and he's a really cool guy. And um, man, that guy will tell you stories for days. You should get him on your show. You'll you'll have hours and hours of content if you want car stories. Uh, Love to do it. Come on in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool shows out there. There's uh, There's definitely some good stuff out there in the automotive world last thought and that's just uh you're moving ahead you've got the shows coming up uh, you got another uh, girls garage all girls garage you have uh, barrett jackson as you were talking about some of the things happening there 
What else in there that you'd like to do if the opportunity arose? Um, besides the uh, you know automotive how-to stuff, I also do uh, motorsports coverage. Um, so I've done a lot of uh, racing coverage as well, um, which is just a totally different beast. Being you know versus hosting versus reporting. Um, and you get to wear the headsets, though, right? <laughs> you get to wear the really atrocious headsets, though. I've covered, and, and of course, the race gear. Yes, yes. I've uh, I've covered a little bit of everything. Most of it's been in the two world world. So I've covered, um, you know, superbike racing. I've covered, you know, motocross. I've covered off road truck racing, car racing, like, uh, you know, a couple different series over the past few years. And uh, it's a totally different beast. But you know what? I will never trade anything for being at the racetrack. It's one of my favorite places to be. I have to ask this because I know you ride motorcycles. Guys, when they, you see the races in France and all this stuff where they're making those sharp turns and their knees are just about on the ground, have you ever gotten anywhere close to that? Uh, yes, I have. I, quote, dragged knee before. So um, what's interesting, and this will be a little tidbit for you as well, for those who may not know as much in the motorcycle world, um, dragging knee can definitely be a kind of status symbol in the motorcycle world of, you know, I, I drug knee, like, you know, you're just that good to get your knee down. Um, but really... For the professional level racers, like the top level racers, say MotoGP, um, putting their knee on the ground is actually a barometer for how far over they can tip the bike. So when they put their knee out, really what they're doing is they're trying to gauge the lean angle on the motorcycle. And that's kind of where they know that their threshold is when they're racing. So putting your knee down isn't necessarily like, oh, I put my knee down, I'm going this fast, or I need to put my knee down to, you know protect yourself from tipping over really it's about you know knowing your boundaries on the motorcycle so it's for for the higher level racers and the top of the world level racers like they're putting their knee down because they have to that's got to be something that takes a while to get used to and not get used to as much but to get proficient enough to be able to do it without falling on said knee um you can hang off a motorcycle as much as you really want to but there's a really good chance that you might mess up um so riding a bike can be a pretty intimidating thing um and i have a tremendous level of respect for the top level racers because it is an extreme difficult sport so for the people listening that are motorcycle riders on this uh, listening to the podcast and they want to uh, kind of impress their friends i just want to know the way to say it do you say i dragged knee or i drug knee what what is the what is the right way to say it um you, know, you just say drag knee or you know some a lot of times people say things like you know tap a puck or anything like that so the, the big tap a puck <laughs> the big uh big round things you see on race leathers knee pucks all right so <laughs> most right. of the time it's just drag knee i'm sorry i thought you were going hockey on me i'm sorry <laughs> no no they're they're pucks they're pucks Show host and all-around gearhead, Christy Lee. Barrett-Jackson continues her coverage, by the way, through Saturday of this week. I'll be out in Scottsdale to get some more interviews and try something completely different. Talking About Cars with Randy Cardoon is teaming up with Generation Auto TV as we get to talk to car personalities and celebrities like we normally do, but we'll be doing it in the Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am that'll be auctioned off this Saturday. We talked about that in talking about Cars 50, in case you missed it. Burt Reynolds scheduled to appear, and some other personalities as well. And not only will you be able to hear the exclusive interviews on a future edition of Talking About Cars, but also on Generation Auto TV's YouTube channel. That's right, Talking About Cars on TV. You can actually see us do this. That could be the start of something. 
hopefully big. Check us out. And of course, listen to us on iTunes and rate us, as well as on SoundCloud and our website, TalkingAboutCars.net. I'll be uploading some pictures from Scottsdale to our website and on Twitter as well, so you can see what's going on out there in Scottsdale, Arizona. A lot of car auctions, a lot of fun. We'll uh, try and show you some of the cars that are up for grabs. And that'll do it on this week's Talking About Cars. Coming up in our next podcast... It's our Super Bowl edition. We'll get an update from James Brown. That's right, JB from CBS Sports. We talked to him before, but he has some breaking news on the cars in his collection or the cars that used to be in his collection. Until next week, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars. 